And what a month it's been. Oh yeah, it's been a month. It has been a month. Uh, today we're going to be talking about... Wait, April. that's not the how we start. Oh, okay. Why don't you do it then? Hi, I'm Davis. And I'm Rowan. And we're dating. And this is our podcast, Runtime Babe. Okay, yeah. now you can say what you're going to say. What a month it's been. It's been a month. <laughs> <laughs> today we're talking about April 2023 and the movies that we saw and enjoyed somewhat that came out in April 2023. Exactly. We saw... We're talking about the exact same number of movies this month that we did for the last mm-hmm. recap. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Would you say it was a good month for movies? For At least for movies you saw? Um, eh, I don't know. I mean, there were there were a couple like really good ones, and then there were a couple. Eh, you know, I'm I'm not sure how to feel about these. I will say, I think most of the things I saw this month were pretty good. I would say yeah. it was more positive than negative for me. Yeah. Only one that like, re- or I guess two, but one of them is a re-release. I was which about to say the re-release. Yeah. There's only one that like really knocked it out of the park for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there are exceptions. Well, anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, okay. First uh, movie. You're starting off this <gasps> one. Although, oh te- so technically, God. Prom Pact on Disney Plus was, uh, a, uh, was a March release, but it was at the very end of March and you didn't watch it until April. So we're counting it. As okay. An April so I'm going to talk about Prom Pact. So Prom Pact is a Disney Plus original. It... Um, I watched it right after Chank and Dunk. I was kind of high on the, oh, I'm going to watch these Disney Plus originals that mm-hmm. Rowan doesn't really get to and just see how I feel because I really loved Chank and Dunk. Um, Prom Pact, I did not care for nearly as much. It is about a really smart nerd in high school mm-hmm. that she and, Adjusts her, classes. <laughs> she and her best friend, who's also like a dork, they're not super cool. Um, decide they are going to go to prom together, even though they think all the prom proposals are really stupid and cheesy. Um, she really wants to go to Harvard in an effort to get a letter from this senator that is a Harvard alum because she's waitlisted. That sound, this sounds so complicated already. <laughs> uh, well, she, she ends up tutoring this, like, jock basketball player at her school Ah. because his father is a senator that is a harvard alum and she wants a letter of recommendation to get in and her best friend is this guy that's in love with a popular cheerleader girl Mm -hmm. so it's two losers and their connections with these like super popular kids um i didn't love it the protagonist is really unlikable which i hate saying about female protagonists and okay so the thing about unlikable protagonists is there's nothing fine with the or there's nothing wrong with the protagonist being unlikable i like when they're unlikable it's it's she's unlikable and unrelatable mm-hmm. like there's nothing that makes you connect with her her good qualities or her bad qualities it's got this kind of like super disney super adults writing children thing mm-hmm. of there's a difference between writing a character that's into activism and that's an activist mm-hmm. and writing a character that you tell the audience is an activist. Right. Like, Booksmart, I would say it's not about their activism, but, like, it's a personality trait of theirs that 
I think is properly put on display. Like you see what their values are. They mention it naturally. Mm-hmm. Whereas the main character, I think her name is like Mandy. I don't, it's not a very memorable movie. She, they talk all the time about how she's an activist and we literally never see what that means. <laughs> like all the time she'll be like, don't say stuff like that or I'll call you out on it because I'm like super ultra feminist <laughs> and I'm going to be abrasive about it. But then she doesn't actually call people out on any of it. Like she's just like, She's also the type of feminist that is, like, super critical of other women Mm. for not performing femininity the exact same way that she does, Mm. which is fine. There are definitely people like that, especially a lot of really socially conscious high schoolers don't quite understand the nuance of feminism and how it can include... women that live different sorts of lifestyles Mm -hmm. but it's not a critique on that like it's not they're not being like oh haha tongue-in-cheek she's really into activism but she's also like high-key a misogynist at the same time Mm. instead it's just like oh this is what feminism is like that's what and so it's it's just not done very well um i cared a lot more about her best friend than i did about her Mm -hmm. and also the like pitch on disney plus was like she has to figure out if she's what she's worth what she's willing to do to get into harvard in terms of her values and stuff and so they set it up as like she's really into activism that's her big thing and she really wants to go to harvard and so she's tutoring this jock to get a letter from his senator father and i was like ooh, it's gonna be really cool because the senator father is gonna have different politics than her and a big part of the storyline is gonna be is she willing to try to appease and suck up to this senator father whose politics are completely different than hers just so she can get into Harvard and achieve her dreams, which I thought was going to be really interesting. Doesn't go there at all. Sounds like you're giving this movie far too much credit. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't even approach that. Yeah. They'd never discuss what the senator's politics are. <laughs> Him being a senator does not matter, which it should if her whole thing is political activism and yeah. she wants to work in the government one day. Should matter what his politics are. Yeah. Never mentioned. Instead, it's just like... Oh, she might be leading this jock guy on because they start having a little relationship. And Mm. is it worth that? Which is like far less interesting and complicated. So it just is like not a super well done Disney Channel original is kind of how it feels. Mm -hmm. Super surface level, a lot of cringe dialogue, and the characters aren't anything special. Interesting. That's my thoughts on So you would not recommend a prompt pack? No, it's, it's not. It's yeah. not really worth watching, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up is a movie that we both saw. Uh, that is Air, directed by Ben Affleck. Uh, the dad movie. Oh, yeah. Of, of the spring season. Definitely a dad movie. There's one big dad movie and one big mom movie of mm-hmm. the spring season. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. From the same month, funnily, funnily enough. Mm. Uh, what did you think of Air? I liked it. I was really excited about it after the trailer. Yeah. The trailer got me so hype. Um, we saw the trailer again in front of a movie we're going to talk about later, despite the movie being out for like a month already. Yeah. Which I think is pretty fun. But um, the trailer got me really hyped, I think just because it uses Sister Christian. Yeah. And that song is going to get me hyped for anything. It could be in any trailer and I'd be like, we have to see this movie. It was like exactly as good as I expected it to be. Yeah. Like a solid three and a half. It's nothing spectacular, but like it's it's a good time. Yeah. It's it's more interesting than I thought the story of designing a shoe would be. Yes. And it's really important to know going into it. I think the advertising does a good job 
making this clear, Mm -hmm. but I feel like some people still have the wrong idea. It is not about Michael Jordan. No. It is about the people at Nike trying to create the Jordan shoe line. Mm -hmm. It is about Michael Jordan's mother far more than it is about Michael Jordan yeah. himself. That's Viola Davis. Yes. Fantastic. And she does a really good job. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's not like hilarious, yeah. but it's it's funny. It has some funny moments. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck getting together and doing a thing, which is always, yeah. you know, they have great chemistry and timing and pretty much everything. Totally. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is, it's a really safe recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think there are people that are going to like hate this movie or yeah. really dislike it. It's either I think the worst is that you might get bored by it. Yeah. If you're like so not in, I, I mean, I'm not into basketball or anything at all, but I like watching these actors have fun mm-hmm. and I and like like and I enjoy like, you know, company politics and stuff like that. I think with good writing that's always really interesting. Yeah, so it's I would say worth your time. I would say if you watch the trailer and you're interested, you'll like the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie is like the trailer kind of lays out for you what it's going to be. Yeah. And yeah. it's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies where the stakes automatically can't be that high because yeah. everyone knows how it ends. Right. Like, because... Just the very fact that we know of the Air Jordan. Yeah, is, the fact that it is yeah. such a, like, famous and popular and mm-hmm. monumental shoe line. Like, very clearly, we already know the outcome of yeah. this film. Yeah. Which it's it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, which I think makes it like in the super when they try to make moments feel really intense in like the third act and stuff, yeah. like that kind of falls short because you're like, okay, well we know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like there's never a oh no, it, everything's gonna get ruined because like right. I, that would be funny though to to be like <laughs> this is how the story happened and then just be like and then it didn't work. <laughs> And we're all like that. Right. In fact, Michael Jordan never made the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was a fun watch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, you know, pretty harmless. It's going to be on Amazon Prime pretty soon. So yeah. Or maybe it is already by the time this is up. I don't know. Check it out. It's a good like, huh, what are we going to watch tonight? Like, I don't know. Do we need something that's on our list? Yeah, I, I want I something kind of light. I want something that I don't have to think about too hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's easy. It's yeah. really easy. Yeah. Um, and it, it does what it's meant to do, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is be a dad movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So recommend on that one. Yeah. Um, next up is a movie that I saw only, uh, and that is The Pope's Exorcist, mm. uh, which was marketed heavily, um, featuring Russell Crowe as a, a cartoonishly Italian priest sort of driving around on, on his moped, exercising demons. Um, <laughs> and that's sort of what it is. It's... Like it's it's sort of like the conjuring in that there is one central case that he's trying to sort mm-hmm. of crack and that there's a a demon that very specifically wants him. Um, and you know, it's fun to watch Russell Crowe have a silly Italian accent and sort of go around like chanting Latin and mm-hmm. finding, you know, like holy relics and stuff like that. And it, you know, it's it's ninety minutes. It's really not that bad. And it's fun. It's goofy. Is it a horror movie? Sort of. It's like it's not anything other than a horror movie, but it, like, but the horror is pretty light, um, which I think is really interesting. It, like, like it's sort of like a genre outlier hmm. in that sense. Um, but yeah, and it ends with sort of like an MCU style like tease as to like oh they're gonna like the two priests are gonna team up and be like 
demon hunters and stuff like that and and all that and like they lay out a map and then and they're like here's where we need to go next and all that Ooh. so so a sequel tease they are making a sequel or, okay. or or at least there is a sequel in in development is this part of an existing franchise no it's, oh, it's, okay. it's 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 based on a real guy who claimed to have exercised like over 900 people or something like that oh wow um but yeah so I mean, obviously, this like the case and everything is entirely fictional. They're just taking, um, they are just taking the, the idea of yeah. of of the real life person. Interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's ridiculous. If you want to get into horror, or if you don't really like horror, but you think this sounds like a fun time, watch it. There aren't too many jump scares, and a lot of the horror is funnier more than it is scary mm. um which i don't think is the intention most of the time um but yeah also i will say this is a bad movie i'm not trying to like okay, sugarcoat okay. it and make it sound I, like i didn't a good know movie. if it was gonna be if it was good or not no no like like this is a solid like right in the middle for me because i had fun with it but it's not good okay um so if you want to have fun with a bad horror movie check this one out cool yeah you will probably not regret it um Next up is a movie that we're going to talk about in detail uh, in an episode coming up, um, probably in like a month, but uh, who knows? The schedule changes around a lot. Yes. Um, It is the re-release of one of my all-time favorite movies, and Mm -hmm. that is The Return of the King. Came back to theaters for its 20th anniversary, and we went to a screening. Yeah. It was my first time seeing it, Mm -hmm. which we saw the extended edition, which we'd been doing for all the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. So it was like four hours in a movie theater, which was a lot for me. The longest I've ever sat in a movie Mm -hmm. theater. Still felt shorter than the Batman for me personally. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, like, what is there to say about Return of the King? Especially after the podcast we already did about it. Right. Which will not be heard for a little bit, but uh, I guess just stay tuned for that. Uh, we both love it. Yeah. Oh, it's quite good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really cool to see it in a theater. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was my first time seeing it in a theater, too. Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> also, first time seeing it at all. Yeah. But, you know, it's a good it's a good movie. It yeah. won every every single Oscar, every pretty award, much, yeah. it feels like. Do you think the experience was better for you, like, for, like for the first time, was seeing it in a theater? Because you saw the first two on our TV in the dorm mm-hmm. on HBO Max. Would you say that um, seeing it, like, like, how different was the experience of seeing it in a theater as opposed to watching it at home? I don't know. It actually wasn't crazy different. It just was bigger like i had been enjoying it on the tv too so Mm -hmm. i i I honestly don't think it made a crazy difference Mm -hmm. um i i really liked all of them i think all it did is force me to not do homework while we were watching (laughs) and just be watching yeah um yeah i i honestly don't think seeing it in the theater was made too big of an impact Mm -hmm. of my enjoyment of it yeah i kind of wish there had been more people there and they had been rowdier it would have been fun if there was a bunch of like diehard lord of the rings yeah. fans that were like <laughs> screaming and cheering and yeah. stuff which wasn't really happening right that would have been fun yeah. i would have been there for that yeah but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well stay tuned for our thoughts on that we had our friend mia on that episode um it's gonna come out sometime in the next five weeks yeah yeah it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Uh, anyway, next up is uh, Little Richard, I Am Everything, which I did not see. Oh, yeah. This is a documentary about the rock and roll icon and queer black icon Little Richard. Um, famous musician that I 
did not know nearly enough about. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch the doc, and so I asked Rowan if he could get it for me, like a screener for it, yeah. and I wrote a review for The Lenient Critic, his website. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say the documentary itself is nothing special. Like, some of the editing choices are so bizarre mm-hmm. and crazy and out of the box (laughs) but i think like little richard's story and also a lot of the the cast that they got to talk about it had just like some really insightful things to say about little richard's story and his own like his self-expression and his acceptance and refusal to accept at a later point his his own sexuality um, also a lot of cool things about his influence on the music industry and lack of recognition. Um, but like, uh, so it was, it's worth the watch, especially if you want to learn about Little Richard. It almost made me want to watch a better Little Richard <laughs> documentary yeah. because I don't think it was a, like an incredibly well-made doc, but it's still a recommend because the story of Little Richard is enough to like to make it entertaining and to to make it worth your time. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend Little Richard. I am everything just to learn about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there have been documentaries about him before, but I think this one probably got the attention it did because um, I th- it like it might be the first big one made since since he died. It yeah, and the cast is crazy. It's yeah. got like. Billy Porter and Mick Jagger and like a bunch of people yeah. talking about Little yeah. Richard and his impact and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's so, crazy. Yeah. Would you recommend it? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Watch it. Cool. It's worth the watch. Hell yeah. Uh, next up is Renfield, which we both saw. We saw that one together. We did. Yeah. Uh, the the rare horror movie that Davis will not just see, but see in theaters. Yeah. Well, it's because I knew it was going to be horror comedy yeah. and the horror wasn't, it was going to be comedy. Yeah. Which, that, that was fun. A horror comedy where pretty much every single horror element is played for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's not like a horror movie with jokes. Yeah. It's the comedy is the horror. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was really successful. Uh, I, what, first of all, did you like this movie? Yes. Well, um, yeah. I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked Same. it. Same. Yeah, yeah. I think it could have been better than it mm-hmm. was. I think it's worth the watch. Absolutely. Um, it is... Like all the st- what I've been saying when people ask me about it is everything that you think is going to be good about it is good about it. Mm-hmm. So Nicolas Cage playing Dracula, fantastic. The reason why everyone wants to go, uh, yeah. Honestly, which who watches the trailer and wants to see anything other than that? Yeah. Nick Cage's Dracula is exactly what you expect. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. He's hilarious. He steals every single scene he's in. Also, the violence is great. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's so bloody. Over the top. Like, yeah. insane amounts of blood, but always funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the action's really cool, actually. I really enjoyed all the action sequences. It's the other stuff. There's um, a side plot about Aquafina playing a cop, trying to take down, like, a crime family. Mm-hmm. All that stuff kind of makes the story drag, but also it's 90 minutes long. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's not like it's like, it's definitely worth your time, even with the parts that aren't great. Um, if you want to see Nick Cage's Dracula, watch the movie. If you yeah. like horror comedy, mm-hmm. I would say watch it. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are my thoughts on it. What, what mm-hmm. about you? 
Yeah, no, I thought it was fun. Uh, Universal has tried their monster movie universe like so many times um and they sort of gave up after uh, tom cruise's the mummy bombed pretty hard um but i think like this makes a good case for bringing back like the goofiness in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. in these universal monster things because the originals from like the 30s 40s 50s were like were scary for the time watching them back now uh, like a lot of it seems a little silly. The Invisible Man, I'd say, is like the most comedy skewing of all of those. I think that that movie is really, really funny. And then they did Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and a couple other like funnier spins on it. Um, and like honestly, I think if the scary and the action doesn't work, like they tried to do action with Dracula too in, in Dracula Untold in, in 2012, I think. Um, or to 2011, whatever. Um, if, so if action and um, horror, like straight horror, aren't working, then comedy, it like like this movie makes a really good case for comedy being the way to go, at least for now, with these characters. It yeah, they really are like we're gonna make this super campy, mm-hmm. and it's really it's successful. The yeah. campy, the campy horror stuff it all works really well it's when they try to do like poignant emotional moments that it's kind of like okay that's not really what this needs to be yeah and so those parts don't necessarily land nearly as well what i will say is if you like renfield because of nick cage watch unbearable weight of massive talent Mm -hmm. it's the same sort of brand of nick cage almost being like self-aware in his over the topness yeah and like intentionally doing more of it and and i think that's a better movie right and then if you like the vampire stuff watch what we do in the shadows Mm -hmm. because that it's it's like a slightly less successful version of that but it is slightly more violent yeah yeah and i guess the other way around if you like unbearable weight of massive talent and are looking for more renfield doesn't do it nearly as well but it's still worth the watch Mm -hmm. and then same thing with if you like what we do in the shadows and want more content like that Renfield's in the same vein, not nearly as successful again, but worth your time. Mm-hmm. What one thing I think is interesting is that this movie was directed by Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie, mm-hmm. and we rewatched Lego Batman pretty recently. Yeah, and um, what Renfield does, so Renfield tries to do what Lego Batman does and have the poignancy while also clashing it with the. Like with like with the campiness and with the intentional like weird yeah and like humor. absurdist humor yeah. and stuff. It works in Lego Batman because I think part of it is that it's animated, mm-hmm. and so we're already suspending our disbelief about a lot of things naturally because of the animation, and so because like the poignancy is played for laughs, but it also works pretty well narratively. This movie takes itself just a little bit too seriously in those scenes specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And leaves the humor out of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it would have been able to do the poignant thing more easily if it focused exclusively on Renfield mm-hmm. and not the cop played by Aquafina. I understand well. why she's in the movie. Her, her like her arc sort of mirrors Renfield's in a way because uh, she's trying to like expose corruption in the in the police department and stuff like that, um, and like she's dealing with her own like overbearing like societal pressures and mm-hmm. um, just in the way that Renfield is dealing with with sort of the same things from Dracula, um, but it, I don't know her 
part of the story just seems sort of like first drafty to me. Yes, yeah. And the Nick Cage and uh, and Nicholas Holt Renfield Dracula stuff feels like very developed. Like that was the focus and they sort of tacked on the Aquafina stuff. Yes, it does feel really tacked on, but then given too much screen time. Right. So like, yeah. 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 So recommend Renfield? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Especially I would say watch if, the trailer. Yeah. If that seems interesting, watch it. Mm-hmm. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. If you watch the trailer and you're like, this looks so stupid, you're not going to like the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. There we go. Uh, next up is a movie that I saw exclusively, uh, and that is Sisu, uh, which is a, it's an English language uh, Finnish film um, set in 1944 uh, during, oh man, I don't remember what what it's called, but the main character is this um, old Finnish man who was a veteran of the Winter War when he lost his entire family, which that was, I think, like early World War II. Um, uh, Finland versus Russia, I think. Uh, but but I'm not sure. But now Finland has been invaded by Nazis, and this guy strikes gold, literally, and mm-hmm. wants to bring it to the nearest bank, but he has to cross, like, Nazi-occupied territory Um before he gets there. Uh, and so this movie is basically like nonstop action. Think John Wick, but killing Nazis in World War II, like in the World War II Finnish wasteland. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's it's uh, right up my alley. I knew that from the second I saw the trailer. Uh, you, I don't think you would be a huge fan. Yeah. Just because it's pretty much straight action. Mm-hmm. And I know that action isn't really your thing. Like I need otherwise. action that has like really good character stuff or yes. really good comedy. Yes. See, this character is not. There is some pretty solid comedy, but it's like, like it's it's really geared towards the action, mm-hmm. and also there's no character development at all. Oh yeah, um, I can't. I yeah, can't. Yeah. Um, but like, the, to to be entirely fair, the character development is not the point of this story. Yeah. The point of the story is to you, you know, it's about endurance and survival and killing Nazis. Um, yeah, three important things. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really, really enjoyed this. I had a really good time. Um, it's not like revolution, like it doesn't revolutionize the action genre or anything, but mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and like intentionally off the chain and um, like it, it, it knows what it is. And I think sometimes that's the best thing a movie can be. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that is that is Sisu. Makes sense. Recommend for me. What's next? Uh, John Mulaney's new comedy special, Baby J. Ooh, okay, so this is one, when I was saying earlier that, um, there's only one that really landed for me, with some exceptions, I would call this an exception, because it is a comedy special, and not, like, a movie. Mm-hmm. This one did land for me really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, John Mulaney, I think, is a genius when it comes to, like, joke and storytelling. I love all of his comedy, this one is slightly more, like, honest than he normally would be. Like, yeah. he gets... Almost all of it is about his drug use and his intervention and his time in rehab, um, which happened pretty recently. So that... Like, it's it's really interesting to hear about all that, especially in, a, like, through a comedic lens, like, laughing about his intervention and his addiction issues and all that. Um so that it like really you know it works it's funny it's so funny mm-hmm. i don't know if it's like nearly as funny to me as kid gorgeous was but it it's up there for me in terms of favorite john mulaney comedy specials i'll definitely be rewatching it and i wrote this in my letterbox review every single time i watch a john mulaney comedy special like a new one i just 
am filled with dread as it goes on because I know it's going <laughs> to end soon. And then I'll have to wait so long before I hear new John Mulaney jokes. And that makes yeah. me sad because <laughs> I love his comedy so much. Yeah. He just has a certain cadence and manner of speaking that is always funny. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he's like, like, you know, I know a lot of people say I could listen to that man read the phone book. I genuinely think he would make the phone book hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He also, in this one, I think, paints himself in the most negative light mm-hmm. we've seen so far. Yeah. Like, a lot of the jokes are about himself and about him doing and saying and being in situations that are not necessarily flattering, Mm -hmm. which, that's interesting. Like, that's a, you know, he's, it's not like he doesn't, he's never done self-deprecating stuff before, but this is self-deprecating in a completely different way, Mm -hmm. and it's really good. Yeah. No, I I, I think this is, uh, I agree with you in that this is not my favorite of his comedy specials. Um, but I think it's like, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely very different from anything he's done before. Mm-hmm. Um, like in terms of specials, I guess, just because as you mentioned, he's, he's so honest now about what he was going through that he couldn't talk about before because it's not something that he was necessarily willing to face like on stage and in his profession. Yeah. Um, and now the fact that he, um, I mean, like, you know, obviously a lot happened that we are not aware of yeah. as an audience, but the things he chooses to tell us, I did not expect to ever hear from him yes. pre- previously. And I think it's a really good comeback after, you know, going to rehab and right. stuff like that. And, and like a lot of happened. stuff in the news, yeah, about yeah. him in the last couple of years. Oh, I, like, I think it was a really good return. Mm-hmm. Um, definite recommend. If you enjoy John Mulaney or you're a fan of stand-up comedy, watch it. Absolutely. If you haven't yeah. already. Yeah. I mean, John Mulaney is I think the cream of the crop of modern stand-up comedy. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, next up is Peter Pan and Wendy. Peter Pan and Wendy. Direct Disney Plus. Yeah, I, okay. It's a live-action Disney remake. It is not as good as the original. Um, Big surprise. Even though the original isn't, like, amazing, especially when compared to other Disney classics. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Peter Pan. Yeah. I really like the original. Mm -hmm. It's less... Okay. I'm actually going to wait a sec before I get into that aspect (laughs) of things. They try to, like, do some new interesting takes on things. It It is the, the classic Peter Pan story. Even though they say that it's not. Yes. So many times. They've tried to advertise it as it's not. You've never seen this one before. Yeah, it's like a new version that we've never seen before. Which, like, true, it's a new version, but it's a new version of the same story. Yeah. Um, we were, like, 15 minutes in when we were like, this is the same story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is just, like, beat for beat Peter Pan, pretty much. Yeah. It differs a little bit later on. Um, so the two major changes are in the character of Wendy Darling, and I think that really works. Actually, I think the changes worked. Mm-hmm. I think the stuff they alter works for the most part. Yeah. It's the stuff they don't change that's so bad. It's like, which is weird because I love, like, I, I like the original. Right. But, um, so the things they change are Wendy as a character is far, is like way more developed and more interesting. She's got more depth, mm-hmm. a ton more agency. Like, she's cool. She's badass. She still retains her core qualities, from the original, mm-hmm. but also, like, they just let her do more things, and her perspective is much more centered. And it's not... In the first one, they use her perspective as a way to get the audience, like, ooing and aahing over Peter Pan and Neverland. Yeah. In this one, they use her perspective 
And it's about her perspective. It's about her growth and her feelings and her wants and more so than Peter's, which is cool. Yeah. Um, So I actually like that change. And also, what's the actor's name? Ever... Ever Anderson. Ever Anderson, who plays Wendy, does a really good job. Mm -hmm. Um, Too good a job. Too good of a job. (laughs) uh, Because the other children in this movie do not do a great job. Like, they either do fine, but they have no screen time, or the kid that plays Peter Pan is just nowhere near charismatic enough to be Peter Pan. He comes across as a scared child a lot of the times, even when he's not supposed to be, or like an asshole of a child. Right. I think that's the issue in giving Wendy so much agency and so many badass moments, is if you take away his heroism of and his novelty... To Wendy, yeah. Then he's just kind of like a whiny kid that's a little bit immature, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and good at sword fighting. Mm-hmm. But Wendy's also good at sword fighting, and she's like not annoying, yeah. So his so guess who we prefer? Wendy is much better. It should be yeah. called Wendy and Peter Pan, mm-hmm. or just Wendy. Wendy. I, if they they did they did make a movie called Wendy. Um, I think a couple years ago that was like exclusively her perspective, which is supposed to be what that story is, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the other change is they give Captain Hook a backstory, like a more deep backstory, which I don't think we should really get into because I guess that's pretty much a spoiler, but, um, I don't think any of the, the additional backstory they give him is th- that effective, but Jude Law plays him in a really good way. Yeah. One thing that's very typical of those of Disney movies from that era is the queer coded villains. Mm-hmm. A lot of the villains, like you know Ursula, Captain Hook, Scar, they've got like a flamboyance about them. Yeah. In that you know is kind of being like, look at these fruity feminine men or these masculine women and they're outside of gender roles and that's supposed to add to them being outsiders and othered and villainous and jude law does a good job of doing a really over the top and like i don't know how to describe his captain hook because it is somehow it's not quite flamboyant because it takes the queer coding away. Mm-hmm. He's he is at no point played as like a fruity man and that's why he's bad. But he's still over the top. He's still larger than life. And I think that was really cool that he could retain the like fun over the topness of Captain Hook but without the queer coding which, you know, in a modern adaptation that's that's much better mm-hmm. uh a, a bad guy that's not queer coded like in the original yeah. but still a fun character he's not any less fun um so i i liked that i thought that was really cool that jude law did such a good job at that mm-hmm. uh this movie was directed by david lowry who made the green knight one of my favorite movies of 2021 um and he did he he did the Pete's Dragon remake in 2016, so I guess there is sort of a precedent for him doing these live action Disney remakes. Um, but this was just really disappointing, mm-hmm. um, especially because I think I cracked what makes like it, one thing that could have made this movie a lot better, mm-hmm. and that is um, more varied locations. Yeah. Because they are, I, I I genuinely think if they had either made the locations more visually appealing yes and brighter or gone to several different new ones or better yet 
both. Yes. Um, I, I genuinely think that this movie could have been a lot more fun and interesting, but instead they stick to the same like grassy hillside yeah, it's and like, cave the it's entire like time. Grassy hillside, beach, underground cave, forest, yeah. which all are not Neverland specific. Right. They're very, they're like in the movie, except the colors are much less appealing. Mm-hmm. The color scheme is not great. It's yeah. dark and yeah. like every live action Disney remake yeah. has been. Um, it's just Neverland just isn't magical like it like it is in the like it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, also, the flying is you know it's not terrible. It's just not magical the way the mm-hmm. the two D animated version is. Yeah. Which how could it be like? Right. That's the style this movie was made to be in, mm-hmm. and so these humans flying. It's like okay, I can understand why it's fun for them, like for these children to be flying. Yeah. It's not fun for the audience. Like yeah. you're not, you're not being whisked away alongside them. You're like watching them fly. Right. Um. And it and it's very much like ooh, these actors are on strings. Yeah. Is how it feels. Yeah. Um. Which really, you know, the getting the flying right is one of the most important parts of Peter Pan. Because it's the most iconic. Yeah. Imagery. And like. You know, because of how they have to film it, the flying, they're almost always either right side up or, like, horizontal with their arms out. Yeah. Like, there's not cool... They can't do cool flying formations. They right. can't hold their bodies in cool For ways. whatever reason. You yeah. would think Disney would be willing to pony up, but nope. So, yeah, the, the flying is disappointing. So, that's what I mean when I say I like the new stuff, but the stuff from the original, like The Magic of Neverland and the flying that stuff just isn't successful in live action Mm -hmm. the other thing that i need to talk about is the first in the original peter pan there's famously scene where they visit a native american tribe um tiger lily's tribe Mm -hmm. and it's offensive it's of course it's very much like caricature negative stereotypes of native people they're like smoking and singing nonsense all of their faces are red all their faces are literally red yeah so they did cast an actual native american woman i don't know what tribe she's from Mm -hmm. but they cast a native woman as tiger lily and i think all the native american parts are played by native american actors which good that's necessary and they don't do negative caricatures in this version tiger lily is done better than the original but the bar is in the basement yes the bar is in the basement (laughs) but i was still really disappointed in tiger lily because instead of doing this negative caricature of native american people they do the positive caricature which is very much like i am mystical and spiritual and you'll never find out a single detail about me or who i am or what i care about but i will give like weird guidance it's very much the like the like helpful older black woman trope mm-hmm. it, but they do this with this native american teenager who's just kind of like well my people say this, that this and this you should follow the wind like it's yeah. that's how she talks and so it's like okay at least it's not an offensive caricature but it's still just very surface level stereotypes and that is so frustrating like yeah. If, like, make her be a character. Don't mm-hmm. make her just be a different Native American stereotype that yeah. is less less harmful, but still harmful. Like, yeah. she can be a person. And so that was frustrating to me, is 
the take on Tiger Lily was far better than the original, but like so uninventive and not great. Like mm -hmm. that part always bothered me. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I, I think this is good for Disney. It's it, for a yeah. Disney live action remake. Yeah. It's not a bad one. Yeah. It's, I enjoyed parts of it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed yeah. Wendy a lot. Yeah. I, you know, there's, it's not a complete waste of time to watch. I do think it was a complete waste of time for them to make. Exactly. Like in, in the grand scheme of like, like Disney plus original movies, this is pretty darn high, but that's also because again, the bar is in the basement. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't know if you want to see a live action Peter Pan I don't know. I there's there are other probably live action better ones. Peter Pans that I like more. Yeah. Um, once upon a time, watch watch Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time does it so much better and more fun and more more ridiculous and more accurate to the source material. Yeah. Um, that's what I think. I think Peter Pan is perfect for the blood and honey treatment. Mm -hmm. Like the original Peter Pan story is about a like Peter Pan is kidnapping children and. I don't know what he's doing exactly, but it's really dark things. Yeah. It's not a happy story about about a fantasy land where you can escape reality and not grow up until you realize that actually growing up isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And return home learning a lesson. Mm -hmm. Like the actual Peter Pan story is like Peter Pan is evil. Yeah. If so that would be such a fun horror movie. Mm -hmm. I think if you're gonna do a live action Peter Pan remake, it needs to be source material accurate. And make it, like, fucked up. Right. I think now, like, Peter Pan, the name and the image is so tied in with the Disney version that everyone is afraid to mess with that image. Um, but we are living... Once upon a time, did Exactly. It. We are living in a time where um, images like that need to be messed with in order to make... Like, in order to keep these, like, centuries-old stories fresh. Yes. Because this is not a fresh version. Right. It's like a more modern it's adaptation. Safe. It's so safe. That is, yeah. that's very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so recommend on Peter Pan and Wendy? Very hesitantly. If you want to throw something on and like, you know, have on in the background while doing something else. If someone were to ask perfect me, I, w I think I want to watch Peter Pan and Wendy. Should I? I would say yes. But if someone said, what should I watch tonight? I'm never going to say Peter Pan and Wendy. It's yeah. kind of my thought yeah. process. Yeah. If no, you already want to watch so it, fair. it's, you know, watch it. Yeah. If you don't care, yeah, it's not going to make you care. Mm -hmm. You're you're not going to really enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but our last movie is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Which I think is probably my favorite of the month, personally. I think it's probably mine, too. Um... In terms of... Oh, uh, well, I mean, aside from Return of the King, obviously. Well, yeah. That yeah. one, that one's different. Yeah. Because it's a re-release yeah. of an incredibly famous and popular movie. But mm -hmm. in terms of new releases, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret is probably my favorite. Yep. As someone that I read the book when I was a child, or I think my mom read the book out loud to me more mm -hmm. accurately. Yeah. It is a really good adaptation. It, you know, it nails the tone and the core messaging of the book really mm -hmm. well. It doesn't take out... I think like I think all the big beats that I remember from my childhood are there. Granted, I haven't reread it since I was pretty young and I don't remember it very well. And instead of going in and being like, here's what I expect, it would be I was watching the movie and a scene would happen and I would go, oh my God, I remember this. Mm -hmm. um, they, I would say the biggest difference from the book is they add a plot line about um, Margaret, the main character's mother, played by Rachel McAdams, and her 
kind of adjustment to being like a suburban housewife after yeah. being interesting that's not in the book and it's not i think it's definitely not a focus right because the book is exclusively from margaret's point mm-hmm. of view i think makes sense and so i'm pretty sure that is um at least not a it's not a big part of the book right i mean it it, it makes sense but for a film version if you get Rachel McAdams, use Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it makes sense. It fits. It's not nearly as compelling of a... Like, it's a compelling storyline. It's not nearly as compelling as the stuff Margaret's going through. Right. But also, it is given a very appropriate amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. It's, it's not overdone or overused. Yeah. Or I think it's used a very appropriate amount. Yeah. And it gives the mother character even more depth. Um, So... It, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's about um, how old is Margaret? Like oh boy, 12? she's in sixth grade, I think, right? Yeah, so I think 12, that's right. Twelve-ish, yeah. Yeah, she's she's like a twelve or thirteen-year-old girl, a young girl, um, who is maybe kinda she's in eighth grade. I don't know. Just whatever. starting her journey into puberty, mm-hmm. and also kind of grappling with her relationship with religion and spirituality and God. Mm-hmm. As a child that has a Jewish father and a Christian mother who've decided that they're not going to re- raise her with a certain religion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's about her grappling with that and also her growing up and moving from Manhattan and the city into New Jersey in the Ugh. suburbs. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> Which she hates. She hates yeah. New Jersey. Or at least before she gets there, she hates New Jersey. Yeah. Um, it's very much just like look at this like it's 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 a really accurate depiction of a of a little girl growing up and mm-hmm. the things you hope and the things you wish for and the things that matter to you what you care about yeah 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 what are your thoughts uh i think it's real. it's just so sweet it is really um sweet. it's it's light-hearted uh while also like tackling these like really heavy subjects mm-hmm. um and it, it, I wrote in my review that it, it deals with implication in a very interesting way and in that <clears throat> there are so many things that they don't need to say verbally that you understand perfectly because of the situation um, and, and, and because of what they've talked about before. So they don't really have to like, you know, it's, it's, it's I think, the perfect instance of show, don't tell. Like they have to show a character's face and you know what happened based on what's happening around this. There's a lot of really good moments that you're like, ooh, I've never seen that depicted on screen, and Mm -hmm. it is such an accurate thing. Like, um, there's a moment where Margaret sees a boy's armpit hair for the first time (laughs) and is like, oh, and gets, like, butterflies in her stomach. (laughs) And it's like, uh, what a good moment to show. There's also a lot of they don't shy away from talk about periods. They mm-hmm. explicitly talk about periods and it's a big plot point. Yeah. Which good, there needs to be more media that mm-hmm. does and it does it in a really accurate way. Um they talk about sexuality in a fun and accurate way. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool. It's it, I think it's just a it's a really solid film. This is when I was earlier talking about how there's a dad movie and a mom movie this month. Yeah. Air is the dad movie. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Is the mom movie mm-hmm. for sure? Yeah. Um, I thought Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret was as funny as Air, if mm-hmm. not funnier. Yeah. Um, the humor was more specifically geared towards me, I would say. <laughs> but there were a lot of moments in the movie that made me laugh out loud. There was um. 
one girl, there's a little girl named Nancy Wheeler who a couple of times her brother comes in and is being annoying and she screams mom in just like the most accurate to real life and yeah. insane, like blood curdling way. That made me laugh every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you could tell the actress has experience with... Uh... With an annoying you, brother <laughs> no or that or like or like having to scream for her mom or something yeah um the cast is great every single performance yeah. in that one yeah is um good. abby Ryder fortson plays margaret uh i know her from the ant-man movies she played cassie young cassie in the first two um she's really good uh i oh, yeah. wouldn't be surprised if she goes on to like have like a really stellar like award focused career because mm-hmm, uh, i think mm-hmm. she really has what it takes now if she chooses to go that route um we mentioned rachel mcadams as the mom and kathy bates plays the grandmother and kathy bates she's is so, so good, good. Yeah. so funny yeah so good Th- this i would say is the strongest recommend of the month for mm-hmm. me like a lot of the others it's like well if you like this thing you might you would like this this i think everyone should watch yeah i think there are going to be dads and brothers and men in general that might be a little uncomfortable because this movie is unapologetically like for young women Mm -hmm. um but it's not it's like if you let yourself not be uncomfortable you'll like it I think mm-hmm. if you are too hung up in the, like, it's for girls or, oh, they talk about periods, you won't like it. But I think more guys just need to be okay liking media that isn't necessarily made just for them, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Rowan, <laughs> Rowan really liked it. Yeah. And he was like, he acknowledged, he was like, this isn't an experience that was as relatable to me as it was to you, mm-hmm. but he still thought it was funny. He still loved the heart involved also a lot of it's about puberty also a really nuanced discussion about religion mm-hmm. organized religion in like the the most inoffensive way possible yeah and so it's not like it's just about girls getting their periods mm-hmm. which even if it is there, yeah. so there what? can be good yeah. media for, <laughs> if you're a man and you have women in your life you should be able to or men that menstruate like there should you should be able to watch movies about women coming of age and not feel uncomfortable about that mm-hmm. absolutely because you're yeah. gonna have to watch real people in your life come of age it's true and not be weird and uncomfortable about it yeah so watch it in this fun inoffensive cute movie with good performances exactly and grow up yeah <laughs> um should we do a little ranking of which movies of our least sure favorite should, favorite we, should we do it should we do all of them or just like a top three i think do all of them that's what we did last time. okay well okay. how how would you go I would do of the movies I saw. Are we going f- bottom to top? Like yes, what, bottom to top. Favorite to favorite. I would put Prom Pact at the bottom, and then Peter Pan and Wendy, and then and I'm gonna exclude Return of the King re-release because it's not new. I'll do that too. That would that would be my number one just for the record. So it would be <laughs> Prom Pact, Peter Pan and Wendy, Little Richard, I Am Everything. Renfield, Air, John Mulaney, Baby J, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, would be my ranking. Cool. Um, I would go um, probably Peter Pan and Wendy, uh, The Pope's Exorcist. Oh, boy. Uh, this is this is where it gets tricky. Um, Renfield air 
John Mulaney, Sisu, and Are You There, God. Mm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot that was good this month. Whoa! I guess what are you looking forward to in 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 May? Oh God, what comes out in May? Well, the day that this premieres, Guardians Three will come out, and we we will be so seeing that it one later I'm that day. That's my looking forward to that, that one. That's my number one. We just recently rewatched all of the Guardians focused MCU projects. Okay, so so Guardians Three is a big one. What else is coming out in May? Uh, Little Mermaid, Fast and Furious number ten. Little Mermaid. I will say after watching Peter Pan and Wendy, the Little Mermaid is not something I'm excited about. Yeah. Because Peter Pan and Wendy, I was like, damn, this is on the more successful side for Disney live action remakes. And <laughs> everything I've seen of Little Mermaid, with the exception of what is the, is it, who's the, who's the lead? What's her name? Ever Anderson. No, of, of, sorry, of Little Mermaid. Oh, Halle Bailey. Yes. Other than Halle Bailey's like singing looks really good to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, the stuff I've seen her in, like she, I'm, I'm excited to see what she does. But in terms of the way it looks, it's so dark. You yeah. can't see anything in any of the trailers. Yeah. Why all the animals look so fucking weird. So I'm not excited after Peter Pan and Wendy for Little Mermaid. Yeah. Um, I'm most excited for Guardians Three, of course. Yeah, same. Um, Fast and Furious. I'm not necessarily excited for, but I did start watching the movies today so i will be seeing it um and i'm also excited for a movie called hypnotic that's coming out that has stars ben affleck it's a robert rodriguez movie um about let me just double check this so i don't sound like a dope um but i believe it's an action movie um about that's 2021 that's that's 2023 uh not the drink uh this is a movie about a science detective. fiction action thriller. Yeah, I think it has something to do with hypnotism, hence hence the name. Um, but it's like a sci-fi action thriller, which you know always looks ridiculous. And it's an hour and a half, so oh cool. Yeah, so a nice little fun uh, little action movie from a guy whose movies I like and another guy whose movies I like. So awesome. There we go. Um, but yeah, I think the June is going to be much more exciting. Oh yeah, we got into the Spider Verse, Asteroid City, Indiana Jones, um, a lot of fun stuff. And coming, then July. Oh yeah, July is the big one. It 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 is the big one. Barbie. Yeah, yeah, that's the big one for me. And Barbie and Oppenheimer. Okay, for me it's just Barbie. Yeah. I don't think I'm seeing Oppenheimer. Yeah. But a lot of exciting things to come this summer. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I would say a solid month. Like nothing super revolutionary. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret is going to be a movie that I think really, I think it's going to hold up incredibly well. Yeah. Especially because the book was written in 1970 Mm -hmm. and still holds very true today. And it takes place, the movie takes place in the 70s. Mm -hmm. It's, and all the lessons are like, it's all, it's all. Yeah. It's, I think going to be the movie that is remembered Mm -hmm. from this month. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you all for listening. We yes. really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow our TikTok and our... Runtime Babe yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. Um, From the, in the episode we released earlier this week, talking about Dawn's Plum, Rowan talked about potentially making a little compilation of all the funny Tobey Maguire moments from Dawn's Plum, so no one would have to watch the movie. Yeah. Um, watch it. That's on our TikTok now. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. You should. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, 
thank you all very much. Our socials are in the description below, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot easier than just saying it out every single time. That's true. Um, anyway, thank you all again, and we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.